Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up with the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author Alfred Edmund Jr. and your co-host, life coach and author D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I am your co-host, D.C. Marshall. And I'm riding with D. Marshall. I'm <laughs> Alfred Edmund Jr. And so here's what we're talking about. We are talking about how does your social status or how does social status impact wealth and inequality? Yeah, so we all know that there are different levels of wealth, um, you know, depending on your position in the economy, uh, ranging from poverty or the working poor all the way to um, what we now know as the 1%, the people who, who seem to have the most. And so we're going to talk about what that means in terms of your pursuit of abundant life. You're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Welcome back to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. And over here, I am D.C. Marshall, and we're talking about wealth and inequality and money and wealth and money and wealth and inequality. And, and there's levels to this thing. <laughs> so, so let, let me say, for most people... We feel wealthy when we have more than enough. And of course, enough is a moving target in our minds. It's often more of an emotional target than it is a financial target. But when we have more than we need or we feel like we have extra, we often feel wealthy or at least we're headed in the right direction. Um, when we think we have not enough to, to do the things we want to do, that is when we feel poor. And by the way, th those definitions var don't change no matter how much money you make. You could be making, uh, like a professional athlete could be making $2 million a year, but if it doesn't cover his $3 million worth of expenses, he may not feel very wealthy. Um, someone else could be making $50,000 a year, but if their lifestyle costs $40,000, they may feel like they're balling and they're doing fine. But what we want to talk about is uh, the way wealth is distributed and how that may impact your approach to living an abundant life. Um, so, Dee, why don't you go through some of the the different levels of wealth of in America? Course, of course, there's uh, roughly six social classes in the U.S. I mean, and depending on who um, who you're asking, but I will say that there's um, six that are most common, and they go from so poverty level, of course, is the lowest on the tier. Uh, working poor is uh, number two, and then working class, um, and then middle class, new money, and upper class. So there's those are the six classes. Upper class, which is uh, old money, approximately one percent of the population, um, and then new money. That's about fifteen percent of the population middle class approximately 34% working class 30% working poor 20% classify as working poor and uh, of course working poor or poverty category um, difficult to categorize because the line that separates them is not so solid uh, low education level not highly skilled minimum wage jobs with little to no job security that's what we mean when we say uh, working poor well not Alfred and I but that's what the people the people say it. Okay, right. somebody say somebody. it. Somebody. <laughs> and then there, and then there's poverty level. So those are the those are the levels. And to help you kind of get a clear understanding of the the kind of definition between old money and new money, 
Old money tends tends to be multi-generational. Those are names like Rockefeller and Kennedy and those names that we associate with having had wealth, uh, you know, for, for just generations upon generation. Um, new money is kind of like Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, Robert Smith, who just uh, paid the student loans of, of a graduating class in Morehouse. They tend to be people who are maybe only first, maybe second generational um, wealthy people. Set, they're self-made. Yes, yeah, yes. They're, they're definitely self-made. It's mm-hmm. not inherited wealth. They went from one class to another. And that that idea is important because when you're talking about pursuing an abundant life, one of the questions you're, you're, that we each of us face when we're trying to improve our, our financial um, uh, status is mobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the question of how easy or difficult it is to move from one level to, a, to the next as you're trying to aspire to build multi-generational wealth, um, to build a better life for yourself and your family, but also to advance um, so your children and your children's children are doing better than you are. So, so that's an important, important conversation, especially when we're taught that um, being uh, living a, a good life, a Christian life, is about leaving an inheritance to your children's children's children. Mm-hmm. Middle class. These are, uh, you might say, managers, doctors, lawyers, professors, teachers fall in in that bucket. And then working class, typically uh, electricians, carpenters, police officers, truck drivers. Um, blue collar. Blue collar. Blue there collar. you go. Middle class tends to be white collar. Again, these categories can blur, but they tend to be white collar, while working class tends to be associated with blue collar jobs and careers. So before we go to break, where are you? Um, right now, Twitter, Instagram, we are at Be Lifted Up Radio. And the question is, where are you? Where where do you identify in terms of class? We'll be right back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. It's Be Lifted Up. And we're social. Catch us at Be Lifted Up Radio or BeLiftedUpRadio.com. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And we are back. We're talking about how does your social status impact um, wealth inequality? And since we have Alfred here, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but... Put me on the spot. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about That's this. what I'm here for. We're talking about inequality um, in, in terms of wealth and, and perhaps in terms of class and um, where there's significant impact. Well, the, the vast majority of us, let's, let's put old money and new money to the side. <laughs> let's take that 16% of people, um, because for the most part, they are focused on staying where they are. Um, yeah, they may want to do a little bit more. Many of them are philanthropists. You have people like Warren Buffett, who is, uh, plans to give most of his money to uh, charity when he passes. There are a lot of... Um, New money in particular, that's very, um, you have the Gates Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So, so, but let's, let's say that these are not people who are concerned with upward mobility because they're already up at the top. Right. Most of us are in those bottom four categories, uh, working poor, poverty level, working class, middle class, which has been under tremendous pressure because you've know, heard that the middle class is shrinking mm-hmm. because the cost of living are going up, but wages aren't keeping up. Um, wages are static. Um, so you're 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 not getting more in, but the cost you're spending more to to live the lifestyle that you want. Um, and so we want to talk about what are those things that can help you achieve 
mobility to get you from one level to the next. Um, and I, I, I can think of three um, different things. They're kind of related, but they're, but they're important. One, education still is a mobility provider. Um, now, we all have seen, you know, stories saying that the cost of a college education has skyrocketed and people are still want, are now wondering whether it's even worth it. A college education isn't for everybody, but statistics still show that a college education is going to help end up with you getting paid more over the course of your working life than not having a college degree. The key is not overpaying for the college degree. Uh, and so we, we went from a generation that was told you went to the most ex- prestigious and expensive school you could go to. And now we've learned the hard way because of the student loan crisis that you don't want to do that. You want to go to the most economically viable school based on the career you're going to choose so that you can maximize your earning power and then advance from one class to another. So listen, we're going to talk about more, but but you're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And we're going to talk about more ways you can advance from one social strata to another when it comes to building wealth. We'll be right back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. All right, everybody, we're back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And before we went to break, you know, I threw hove over here because we're talking about wealth and we're talking about class and upper class and old money and new money. Uh, J and B are new money. They are self-made. And it's, it's just really sweet, I think, for the culture, for what I'm going to say Wakanda. <laughs> what? Wakanda. Wakanda. It's Wakanda or Zamunda. Uh, yes. Well, we're going to do it both. OK, <laughs> but um, but yeah. Yeah, talking about new money. How about that? And I think it's, uh, I think so many, I'll say, uh, black folks, the culture, Wakunda, really resonated with the fact that Jay-Z is self-made and from hip-hop. I think that's just so powerful to be... Um, an artist and to have come from nothing. I think that I think that's part of the um, appreciation and the excitement and success, um, or, or I should say, excitement of of, of all of it. Yeah, all yeah, of yeah. it warranted and well deserved. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Why, as a financial expert, I say it's semi hot, semi hot. <sighs> Wealth building strategies have to be du- duplicable by most people. All right. So there's aspects of what Jay-Z in particular, I I, I get props to Beyonce, but Jay-Z in particular has done that is duplicable. And and it's important to focus on that and not on what's not duplicable. Jay-Z is a once in a generation hip hop talent. There ain't going to be 15 or 100 or 1,000 other Jay-Z's rolling up in there pulling what he's pulling off, what he's been able to pull off. It's the same reason why it's very, we have to be very careful about talking about a LeBron James, for example. What makes LeBron James a great example, if you focus on him being a great athlete, is not duplicable. What is duplicable is what he's done with his money and his resources as a result of that. And that's where I think the Jay-Z... Beyonce story is is really relevant because the average person can take whatever they have and leverage that by investing in in stocks, invest building businesses, investing in in certain technologies. In other words, it, it still goes back to where are you putting your money, where are you putting your assets, are you investing it or are you spending it? Um, there have been hip hop talents in the past who have been just as talented as Jay Z from generation to generation, but they didn't do with their money 
what Jay-Z has done with his money. When you look at the history of Rockefeller, when you look at who manages his money, when you look at how much control he's retained, or the same thing with LeBron James. LeBron James is not the first multi-million dollar athlete. It's what LeBron has done with that power and that access that we need to focus on. So I'm always worried, like, the first question that we look at in my work at Black Enterprise, when we see great wealth being accumulated is what can uh, of this can be duplicated by other people because if we can't duplicate it it's a wonderful story for that one person so that's what i'm always like be careful about um celebrating the culture if we can't do it chris has to be able to do it you have to be able to do it i have to be able to do it and i think jay-z story if you pay attention is duplicable even if it's on a smaller scale and that's what makes jay-z story important i'm glad you clarified because it sounded like you thought that it was not duplicable the, the part that people focus on, unfortunately, and I'm talking about as a person who goes speaking at colleges and high schools, and you talk to the, the boys in the class, and you say, "What do you want to be?" And they want to be rappers. How do? You, well, let's. When we come back, I, I, they're not thinking about the business you know? side. When we come back, everybody, because that's what they tell you when you, you know? ask what how do you want to be you know? when it's you just, grow up. It just happened. Listen, everybody, it's be lifted up your guide to living an abundant life. We'll be right back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. You're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmond Jr. I'm here with... D.C. Marshall. And we're talking about social class and its relationship to wealth inequality and, by extension, mobility. And I was making the point that the, the importance of the Jay-Z story is that we have to get people into, especially young people, into understanding the entrepreneurial and financial decisions that he made that helped him to achieve billionaire status. Because right now, most people are focusing on the fact that he's one of the greatest hip-hop um, um, talents of a generation. Um, and they just see him and Beyonce you know, doing wonderful king queen things, black love things, and it looks great. But we just need to go deeper. And I think Jay himself has done a great job of going deeper in terms terms of the financial, entrepreneurial and decision making that goes into building wealth when you've achieved a certain level of success. Um, and, and so the financial education and entrepreneurial education has to be paramount if we're going to duplicate that kind of mobility um, for the rest of us. And so here's what I'll say, folks. We are on Instagram and Twitter right now at Be Lifted Up Radio. Letter but I'm B. sure. Yep. The letter letter B. B. Letter B. Lifted Up Radio. And I'm sure you you want to know. Listen, how do I get to the B's and the T's, the billions and the trillions, as my friend Steve Cooper would say? And so I want to share uh, or give some insight. You may have seen this report some years ago because I think it caused a lot of controversy. Uh, don't resist it just hear this and and these are some things that wealthy people do every day if we want to get to new money or um, upper class no how about new money here are some things that wealthy people do every day 70 percent of wealthy people eat less than 300 calories of or 300 junk food calories per day so if you want to be wealthy how about that how about this? 97% of poor people eat more than 300 drunk food calories per day. 23% of wealthy gamble. 52% of poor people gamble. 80% of wealthy people are focused on accomplishing some single goal, while only 
percent of poor people do this. What am I sharing? I'm saying let's think about if you have aspirations to get to uh, to to climb a class, perhaps new money, perhaps you really resonate with the Jay Z story or somebody else. Then think about habits and behaviors of the wealthy. I'll give you some more. Uh, 76% of wealthy people exercise four days of week while 23% of poor people do this. How about this? 63% of wealthy people listen to audiobooks during their commute to work versus 5% of poor people do this. Uh, 81% of the wealthy maintain a to-do list. Do y'all have a to-do list? Only 19% of poor people have to-do lists. Uh, 63% of wealthy parents make their children read two or more nonfiction books a month versus 3% of poor people, poor parents. Okay, we're talking about wealth, everybody. So these are actionable ideas. Don't resist. I'll give you a few more. 70% of wealthy parents make their children volunteer 10 hours or more a month versus 3% of poor people do this. We're talking about wealth. We're talking about uh, climbing the socioeconomic uh, class level. I'll give you a few more here. 80% of the wealthy make happy birthday calls versus 11% of the poor. That means, look, when you poor, you're not thinking about other people's birthday. Is that what that means? Perhaps. Perhaps. But but let me let me boil this down. One last one. Okay, one, one last, last one. Hold. 67% of wealthy write down their goals versus only 17% of poor people write down their goals. We're talking about wealthy and poor. Go. I want to bring it home for you. What this is all saying, and D is absolutely on point, when you're trying to move from one class of wealth to another, it requires two things, a change in thinking and a change in lifestyle. Wealth or whatever economic strategy you're on is a lifestyle and you have to intentionally, it doesn't happen by accident, it doesn't happen by luck, it doesn't happen by chance, change your thinking and your lifestyle to achieve mobility. Because once you change your thinking and your lifestyle, you get different results. So it's very, very important that you think about how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, what you feed your mind, what you feed your emotion, yourself emotionally, and how and align that with whatever class you're trying to get to. So if you're trying to go from working poor to middle class, that takes an adjustment in thinking and lifestyle. And if you want to go to new money, that takes an adjustment in thinking and lifestyle. And that's what this show is all about, living an abundant life. But it starts with how you think and how you choose to live. And that may mean living differently than you used to. So listen, you've been listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. It's Be Lifted Up, and we're social. Catch us at Be Lifted Up Radio or BeLiftedUpRadio.com. All right, everybody, we are back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm D.C. Marshall with Alfred Edmund Jr. And before we close out, I just want to remind you, Deuteronomy 8.18 says... It is the Lord, our God, who gives us the ability to create wealth. So all of this wealth conversation, just know from where uh, your help comes from. God is source. And so all that we have shared today, know that uh, God is the one who gives us the ability to create wealth. What say you, Alfred? And that source is within you. It's been given to you already. So it's about the renewing of your mind, which changes the way you live, which changes the outcomes, which delivers wealth. 
You've been listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life.